Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. In the same way that our spine is vital to the alignment of our physical bodies, the alignment of our souls is vital to our heart, mind, body, and relationships. Today, Pastor Don Cherie continues our collection of talks, Happy, Healthy, Holy. In this message, I Need an Adjustment unpacking three keys for real relationship. To discover collection resources, visit vuchurch.com slash happy. Now let's lean into the message together. But let's read what the word says. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. It's a pretty powerful statement. Romans 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Somebody say transformed. By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And as we continue this collection, Happy, Healthy, Holy, as we look deeply at the power of our eternal souls, I wanna talk to you on this thought, I need an adjustment. Will you bow your heads and pray with me right there where you are watching online? City at DD, God, thank you for today. Thank you that you're with us. Lord, thank you that your spirit, God, it changes us from the inside out. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We worship you. I pray that you would speak to us in a very real way, individually, so that we can come together and be your church in this city and beyond. We love you, we thank you. Come on, and all of you church set? Oh, I can't hear you, all of you church set? Amen. Amen. Happy, healthy, holy. We've been talking about the power of our lives surrendered to God and what it really looks like to have a soul that is fulfilled by the presence of God, that is sustained by the presence of God, and that is made righteous by the presence of God. That's what it means to be happy, healthy, and holy. And over the last few weeks, since this year began, we've been looking at a beautiful picture of really what our soul is comprised of. I wanna show it to you. Dallas Willard drew this little diagram, and I think it beautifully describes what our soul is comprised of. It's our relationships, it's our body, it's our mind, and it is our heart. And as we look at this beautiful picture, we realize that our soul is no small thing. That sometimes we use the word soul and it can overwhelm us because we think, well, what does that mean anyways? Well, this is what it means. It's the totality of who you are and the deep waters of your soul that you cannot draw out, that you can't discern or decipher. Through the power of the Holy Spirit in you, he brings clarity to your soul journey of following Jesus. And there's this word that Dallas uses a lot and that we've used throughout this collection, and it's the word disintegration. Say it with me, disintegration. 
And you may hear that word and go, what does that have to do with your soul? Well, let's look at the definition. It's the process of losing cohesion or strength. We know that disintegration in the smallest form can bring immobility to the entire picture. And when we look at this picture again, just put it up for me one more time. You see that these things are integrated. Relationships, body, mind, heart. And what happens is that our soul experiences anxiety, experiences fear, experiences being overwhelmed at moments in our life when one of these things in our life is not integrated with the rest. A better way to say it is that it's out of alignment. Perhaps that connects with you. One of these things, our heart is out of alignment with our soul. Our mind and our thoughts are out of alignment. And it creates pain. Has anybody ever had back pain? Wave your hand at me if you've ever had some back pain. My hand is the first hand to go up. God's created our spine to be in alignment. Every single part that you can't see But how many of you know that if there is the littlest piece of your spine out of alignment, it changes everything? Everything changes. And you may not have woken up thanking God for your spine today. But I promise you, the minute you start to experience pain and issues in your back, and you suddenly wake up and your body is healed, you'll start to thank God for your spine you'll start to thank God for the thing that you weren't even aware of how well it worked. Why? Because it was always aligned and it wasn't until something was out of alignment that you even knew how important it was. This weekend, I took my minivan, woohoo, minivan nation, baby. I took my minivan to uh, get its tires realigned. And I don't wait until my car breaks down to get my tires realigned. It's a proactive decision that goes on the calendar to make sure that my tires are aligned so that I can continue to move forward in safety and the way that that car was designed to run. Why? Because it has to be aligned. Whenever I go home to Shreveport, Louisiana, which is where my parents live, my grandmother lives, my cousins live, my, my sister, my brother, they're all there. Whenever I go home, probably for the last five years, I've used the word realigned when I'm home. It's always been my word of choice. When I get back to Miami, people ask me, how was it? I say, you know what? It just always realigns me. It realigns my heart. You say, what do you mean, Don Cherie? Church is great here. Community is great here. You better believe it. My feet are so dug into the soil of this city. There's no community I would rather be a part of. But part of the community of my soul lives in Shreveport. And when I'm around them, just like when I'm around my dearest friends here, they realign me. Why? Because relationships are a part of my soul. And I know that it's important for me to prioritize being around the people that make an impact on my soul. Why? Because when we're out of alignment, we experience disintegration in our soul. Relationships in your life either realign you or they disintegrate you. 
It's that simple and vice versa. Uh, An emotionally immature mind or a selfish heart will actually disintegrate your relationships. It goes both ways. We all have found a family of origin and a family of choice. Maybe you're unfamiliar with those terms. Family of origin is the family that you were born into. Family of choice is the family that you choose to do life with on a day-to-day basis. The truth is family of origin and family of choice were wounded by both because people are not perfect. Can I get an amen? And so whether it's your family of origin or your family of choice, we all have deep rooted wounds and pain that we could bring to the surface today and we would have to be honest that we all carry wounds from our past. No one is perfect, but God wants us to walk in wholeness. So today as we dive into the relational aspect of our soul, I wanna be very specific on what I'm talking about because we can talk about relationships for the rest of our life and I hope we do because it's such an important part of our soul. However, in this hour and a half service, we will not be solving every relational difficulty in your life. That's what the journey of community is about. That's what being faithful in community is about. That's what VU crews are about. In fact, we have a couple VU care crews that if there's pain in your family of origin or your family of choice, if you're experiencing brokenness, I would highly recommend checking out our VU care crews because we have soul care, which is a really powerful course for you to be a part of. We have free to grow. We have so many different offerings every season for you not to just talk about it for a minute and then try to fix it in a second, but for you actually to go on a journey of real healing in your life. How many of you love Care Cruise? Come on, put your hands together if you love Care Cruise. So that's what I'd like to say first of all is that there is healing for you and we've created pathways in this house for you to make real change and to find real restoration in your relationships. When we look to the word of God, we see that the wisest man on earth was obsessed with relationship. We read of a man named Solomon who God gave, God gave wisdom and discernment like no other person throughout history. And why did God give it to him? Because his heart wasn't just for himself, his heart was for others. He wanted wisdom and understanding so that he could lead God's people. And because he cared about others, God decided to grant his request. But when you read the book of Proverbs, you read over and over again that the wisest man in history, he he doesn't mince words when it comes to relationships. He, He doesn't just vaguely tell you to surround yourself with the right people. No, he's very specific. And I wanna read a few scriptures before we dive in from the wisest man in history when it comes to relationships. Psalms, Proverbs 13, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffer harm. Proverbs 22, do not make friends with a hot tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Proverbs 27, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. 
Proverbs 12, verse 26, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Can I get an amen? But the way of the wicked lead them astray. Why does Solomon write so many warnings when it comes to relationship? I believe it's because the soul, it craves satisfaction. Every one of our souls craves being satisfied. And there are a lot of different ways that we can try to find that satisfaction. And one of the places that our soul looks is relationships. There's just a natural inclination in us to believe that the people on our right and our left can some way, somehow satisfy our soul. But when it comes to relationships, how many of you know that none of us can fulfill each other? There's a God-shaped hole inside of all of us that can only be fulfilled by Jesus. But yet there is this craving in our soul and we look everywhere we can to try to find satisfaction. When it comes to relationships, we can try to find satisfaction. I think that it swings to the opposite ends of the pendulum. I think the one end of the pendulum that we can naturally swing to if we experience heartache and wounds in our life is to believe that we don't need relationships. It's to believe that relationships, Don Shuri, I get the heart, I get the mind, I get the body, but this soul relationship, it's just between me and God. Other people don't have any part to play in my soul. It's me and Jesus. But friends, that would be a lie from the pit of hell. Because God gave his son Jesus to die on the cross 2,000 years ago, not just to fix your vertical relationship, but also to bring healing and restoration to your horizontal relationships. You cannot deny that the relationships around you are having a profound impact on the way you think, on what you feel, on the decisions that your body makes, your relationships cannot be removed from the totality of what your soul is and its current state. And if today you've been hurt and you've been wounded, God wants to bring healing, but he also wants to open up your eyes that relationships around you make up a large part of the current state of your soul. And it also makes up a large part of the reason why you're on this earth. Because God didn't just give his son to die so that you could be healed. He also put a message of hope in your mouth so that you could go out and proclaim the good news. He's called you, he's ordained you, he's formed you, and he's chosen you because he's called you to go out to the others around you. You cannot remove people from the mission at hand. People are God's heart, and people should be our heart. I love Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who's alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. It's a beautiful picture of relationship. 
It's often used in weddings, but friends, this is a picture of friendship also. That friends devoted to God, with God in the middle, that there is strength, there is security, there is protection, there is provision. How many of you know that relationships are a gift from God? But if you don't swing to one end of the spectrum where you believe that you don't need relationships, well, maybe you swing to the opposite side of the spectrum. Because the greatest mistake that you can make in life is to put your soul's satisfaction upon a person on this earth. That's a pressure that no human being can withstand. They will crumble and your relationship will crumble under the pressure. And you'll look at the disintegration of something that once was so beautiful and so lovely and so full of joy and passion and purpose and you'll say, what happened? It was so beautiful. But friends, what happened is is that you put pressure upon another person that they were never intended to bear. It's a mistake that we've all made. Often we talk about marriages not being able to fulfill us because we were meant to be fulfilled by God. But really, it, it, it can span across every single relationship in your life. Yeah. That person you marry, you choose to walk alongside them, but they cannot satisfy you. Your children, they can delight you, but they cannot satisfy you. Your coworkers and that boss or that mentor that speaks life over you, oh, they can call you up to a higher place, but they will never be able to satisfy you. Your friends can laugh with you. They can cry with you, but they will never be able to satisfy you. Friends, your pastor, we can speak truth. We can give vision for us to walk in unity, but we can never be able to satisfy you. The craving you sense, the longing that tugs at your heart, the hunger deep down in your soul. It's a hunger for the friend that sticks closer than a brother to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, to be redeemed by the blood of the Savior, to be known by the eyes of a loving, perfect, heavenly Father. Then and only then will you be satisfied. And that satisfaction is available at every moment of the day. Every single moment of the day. People come to community and they're enthralled by community. They're blown away by, by community that speaks life over them. Pastors that pray for them. But I can tell very quickly when it goes from participating in community to idolization of a community. And I know that it's only a matter of time when someone starts to put us up on a pedestal, that they become disillusioned with community because they had the order wrong all along. Because this community cannot satisfy you. We are broken people all brought together because of a perfect savior. And friends, if you wanna join the journey, you are invited. There'll be some bumps along the way. There'll be some mistakes. We will warn you from the beginning because we know who we are and we know who God is. And as long as we keep our eyes on him, there's nothing he won't do in our midst. But 
Disintegration occurs when you put the pressure that can only be placed on a perfect God upon people around you. Today, I thought we would do a personal social study, Nick. I thought we would look at our social skills and take an honest inventory of our heart and our perspective on relationships. The truth is realignment in our soul is always best when it's preemptive, not responsive. So if we can get ahead of some things, if we today with an honest, humble heart can go before God, I believe that he wants to realign some things in our lives. Are you with me? So if we want real relationships, authentic, not perfect, submitted to God relationships, I think that the first thing that we have to ask ourselves is, do we have relationships with real faith? Somebody say real faith. This seems really basic at face value, but it's actually pretty deep. Because this city is full of people that feel like they have everything that they want in life, and yet they're still not satisfied. They have all the friends, they have all the influence, they have the money, they have the job. What else could life be about? And yet they're still empty. When it comes to real relationships, friends, you need relationships in your life that have real faith. And I'm not just talking about talking Christianese and making things flowery and praying loud all the time. That's not what real faith is about. Real relationships that are centered around real faith are just ordinary men and women who have submitted their lives to God and are trusting him day by day. We all need real relationships in our life that are centered upon real faith. I was at a dinner a couple years ago and I met some new friends at the dinner. I met this incredible woman. She was so, she was just full of charisma. Her eyes sparkled. We laughed all night. We talked and at the end of the night, um, I had my baby shower the next weekend at my house. I just said, hey, you wanna come over to my house? I'd love to get to know you more. Why don't you come to my house for my baby shower? She was like, I'll be there. She came to the baby shower and she lived in Miami longer than I had. But as she came to the baby shower, we always take a moment where we speak faith and life, whether it's your birthday or your baby shower. When you're a part of a community of real faith, you use your real mouth to speak real words of honor, not just think it inside of your heart. And I was so grateful that my, my friends there and, and my family members, they decided to speak faith over my life in that moment. And they were speaking faith and health and speaking life over my baby girl that was about to be born. And as my friends raised their hands to, to speak faith over me, she suddenly raised her hand at the end. She was like, I, I know this is weird and I've only known you a few days, but I just wanna say that whatever I sense in this room is what I've been looking for in this city for over a decade. She's like, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And she goes, I just wanna say that this friendship and this family is what I've been looking for, but also what this city is looking for. And I'm looking at her like, you're like preaching. This is one of the most, but her heart was overwhelmed because she sensed the real faith. And it wasn't fancy, 
and it wasn't crazy out there where we were, no, it was real. It was real. Every single one of you, some of you in this room, you haven't even decided to follow Jesus, but you need people in your life that you can process what's going on in your heart with. Do you have people in your life that you can actually share the journey of faith that you have embarked on? We're all craving relationship, and that relationship is satisfied by Jesus, but then Jesus puts people around us. He established the church. He he actually created it so that we could be sustained day in, day out by real faith. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this. I love this. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You see, bad company corrupts, but the right company builds you up. There is nothing about relationship that does not affect you. You're either being corrupted or you're either being built. Make no mistake, the people you choose to put around you, Paul is speaking to the Corinthians in the first verse that I read, bad company corrupts good character. It corrupts good morals. It's in quotes because he's quoting a play. He's speaking the language of the culture, trying to convey to the Corinthians, hey, listen up. You're surrounding yourself with people that don't love God, that don't believe in God, that don't have the fruit of the Spirit in them, and they are corrupting your belief in Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for you. Make no mistake, Paul says. Bad company will corrupt you. But then he reminds us in 1 Thessalonians that the right people around you, oh, they will build you up. And that's exactly what real faith does. Psalm 1 says this. My mom used to read this to us over breakfast before school. She said it so many times that we were just so sick of Psalm 1. But it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. I think it's interesting that as the psalmist begins this beautiful heartfelt book, that he doesn't talk about what the man of God does, rather he talks about what the man of God doesn't do. He doesn't walk in the path of wicked. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scorner. Friends, there may be a seat made for you. There may be a place at a table for you. It doesn't mean that that's the table that you should be at. You have a decision of who you surround yourself with, of how they talk, of what they believe, and real faith is evidence in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, these are the things that should be developing in you and your circle of friends. Sometimes I think when we think of the seed of the scorner, the mocker, or the gossiper, we like imagine like one of the wicked witches from a Disney film. Like, oh yeah, she's a gossiper. She looks evil. Some of the worst gossipers can speak with the sweetest tone. Some of the most critical people 
can seemingly be concerned. But they've created a table and it's gonna create disintegration in your soul. It's not building you, it's tearing you down. What the psalmist is saying is, you may be welcomed at that table, but you don't have to sit down. You don't have to allow your soul to become disillusioned or jaded or bitter. You don't have to let your tongue pick up the native tongue of this culture that tears down, that belittles, that mocks and gossips, that is easily angered. No, friends, you need people with real faith. The ones that when you wanna gossip, they say, you know what, let's believe for the best. That's what the Bible tells us. The ones that when you just wanna go off, say, hey, together God's gonna bring us through this. That's what real faith looks like. That's what real faith looks like. I would challenge you today, instead of talking about others, why don't we talk about what God's doing in us? And today, if we're doing a little social study, I think the question that I would have for you when it comes to real faith is, how many of your closest friends can you freely articulate what God is doing in your life? Because that's a very real indicator. If you are surrounding yourself or if you are being that friend with real faith, that you can freely articulate what God is actually doing in your life. One of the things I love about VU is our VU Cruise. Anybody fired up about VU Cruise? The small groups of our church, they make a large church small. It's beautiful. And the thing I love about crews is that when we gather, when I gather for my crew every other week and you can join a crew this week, please do. It'll change your life. If you're experiencing disintegration, take a step to have real friendships with real faith and join a crew. The thing I love about our crew is that we talk about what's really going on in our life. The fears in our life, the mountains that we're facing, the obstacles that we're facing, But we don't just talk about our journey of faith together. We always take time at the end of our crew to pray together. And that brings me to my second question. If you want real relationships, do you have real prayers? How many times do we text, I'm praying for you? I'm praying for you, really? Really? Is it a text sign off now? Is it like saying I love you? Is it like saying hope you're good? Because prayer is an active thing. Prayer is a decision to bring what's ruminating in our soul to the feet of Jesus. Prayer is a decision to lift up our brothers and sisters, to actually use our relationship with God, not just for ourselves, but to pray for others. Can I just challenge you today here at SoMe, at City, at DD, when you say I'm praying for you, can we just have a holy conviction that if we're not actually gonna pray, that we're not gonna say it? And can I, can, can I just challenge you even further? Rather than not say it, can you just stop right then and there and do it? Can we just pray for those that we say we're praying for? 
This may seem simple, but the application would rock your world. This may seem basic, but friends, it'll build a foundation for every single one of your relationships. It'll strengthen your relationship with God, and it'll strengthen your relationship with others. Came in this morning for huddle, and Neil looked at me, and he said, Don Shree, I was up early this morning praying for you. And I said, thank you. I felt those prayers. When someone tells you they're praying, that means everything to me. There's nothing else that I would ask for more than prayers. Why? Because when we pray for others, we're invited into the creative process of God throughout history because he says if we pray that he is willing to change things. So you are partnering with God and your faith is making a difference in his story. What an invitation. I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to do it. I'm praying for you. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2 says we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. What a beautiful challenge for our church. Wow, we continually thank God for you and mention you in our prayers. Right now in our college, Boo College is awesome. If there are any high schoolers watching or in the room or any of our locations, you're invited to be a part of Boo College. But we're studying spiritual disciplines right now. One of the books we're reading is The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. He talks about the power of prayer and he talks about intercession. And intercession is an invitation for all of us to pray for others. So when we talk about our soul, Maybe when you think about your mind, your body, your spirit, and your relationships, maybe today if you're really honest, you'd say that you pretty much just pray for yourself and the people that are closest to you. But friends, God wants you to take a step of maturity today. He wants you to pray for people in your world that may not be your spouse or your family. He wants you to even pray for people that you've never met before, that you pass in your day today. That's called intercession. When you don't just pray for your needs, but you pray for other people's needs. How many of us in this room or watching today, we feel like our relationship with God is just talking all the time about what we need, talking about what we're looking forward to, talking about what we want God to break through in our lives. What would happen in our relationships if we actually started praying for the people in our world? See, intercession is powerful because it employs empathy. I don't know why God asks us to pray for others, but I just have to imagine that it does something to my soul, that in the spirit realm, there's something that if I could just see it, I would be blown away by it that God creates something in me. He creates something in the person that I'm praying for as I collaborate with him and pray for those in my life. Now, Richard Foster talks about the power of empathy, but he also talks about imagination. And man, that strikes a chord with me because if you want your prayer life to go to the next level, start to employ your imagination. See, we live in a world where the world has tried to take our imagination and use it for bad where the world has tried to warp your imagination, 
to warp your mind, able to conjure up images. But God gave you a mind to imagine so that as you're interceding, you can see in the spirit realm what you're actually praying to take place. That miracles would occur. That restoration would occur. That this city would be filled with the light and the power and the miraculous healing of Jesus Christ. What would actually happen? You can sit. What would happen? If you started to pray for people and imagine the things in faith that you want God to do in their life, that the people in your life that are broken and disillusioned, all of a sudden you start to imagine. I've done it for years with people in my life. It brings so much faith to me. I imagine their face full of freedom and joy. I imagine light just filling their faces. They smile and they laugh. I imagine as I sing, I've decided to follow Jesus. All the people that I'm praying and interceding for, singing those words themselves and lifting their hands, fully surrendered to God. When I'm driving down 95, I imagine every one of those high rises, people sitting at their coffee table and at, at, their, at their kitchen. And I just imagine light shooting through those high rises as the message of Jesus reaches every single family, every disillusioned individual, every person who moved to Miami with big dreams, yet nothing can satisfy them except for Jesus. And I can be in my car praying, full of empathy, full of imagination. And my imagination is stirring my faith for what God can do. Some of you in this room or watching online, your children are facing difficulties. What if you start to pray and intercede for them? What if you start to imagine them stepping into all that God has for them? Imagine them finding the freedom that they're looking for. Imagine them being surrounded by the friends as you intercede, as you pray. You are speaking faith, not just with the words in your mouth, but with your mind and your heart, the totality of your soul coming in alignment with your faith. I will intercede. Intercession will change your life. If there's anything that I want to bind me to the friendships in my life, let it be prayer. You may go out in the courtyard and somebody may tell you, I've got a, I've got a big test this week. I've got, I, I'm going to the hospital. I'm gonna have a meeting with my doctor. They may say, I've got, I've got an interview this week. Instead of just saying, I'm gonna pray for you, right outside in the courtyard, you can grab their hand and you can pray for them on the spot. You just pray for them. You can be in a coffee shop and you can just pray for them. Can we be people that align our relationships to the health of our soul? That there is not a disintegration, but rather today there is a realignment that says, I will allow my relationships to be fully aligned with my mind, my body, and my spirit so that my relationships can be filled with the strength of God. We need a realignment because we need real prayers. We need real prayers. It's interesting because sometimes, I'm gonna stay on this for just a moment more because I, I wanna talk about something. Sometimes we can just apply this to the people that we know really well. But I really believe that God's called us to be people that 
our friends to those that we don't know. We live in a society that is so cold and God did not create our society to be this cold. I was in line buying my son a winter jacket this week and a mother was in line and the little girl looked at me and started to smile and talk. And so I just looked at her and I started to talk too. And as I'm talking to her, the mother turned around and it was just like, she was so offended that I would say anything to her daughter. And so I, I just quickly, you know, I didn't want to offend her. I, I didn't say another word. And we just stared ahead as we waited for our opportunity to pay for our things. We live in a society that because of social media and because of our own cliques and our own groups, we now think it's weird to talk to people that we don't know. That is not the way that God created us to live. You can pray for the person pumping their gas next to you. They don't even have to know it, but you might smile and say hello. It might start a conversation. You can talk to the person at the grocery store. The smile on your face and the sparkle in your eyes might be all the love of Jesus that they need for an invitation that you could make that could change the legacy of their entire family. Can we be the light of the world? Can we step out of our comfort zone? Can we break down the walls of a culture that wants us to live in silos, segmented and self-focused and selfish? Can we live as a lighthouse? Because the the world wants you to cancel people, wants you to ghost people, wants you to walk away from people, wants you to ignore people, wants you to label people, but our God says no. I've called you to pray for people. I've called you to come to my throne room and to bring the real relational needs of your life to me. Will we be a people who pray real prayers? But not only that, we need real prayers and we also need real faith But friends, it's impossible to have real relationship without real forgiveness. Real forgiveness. The more I walk with Jesus, the more I'm aware of my shortcomings. I feel like when I when I first met Jesus, you may I I may have thought that I was just a nice person who was trying to do good things, but friends, the more I follow Jesus, the more I'm aware of where I fall short in every category the more I'm humbled. You say, Don't you? that doesn't seem right. It kind of does because he just becomes greater. And he keeps reminding me that I, I'm lost without him. Fear of God is not this terrible thing. Fear of God is a healthy understanding that without you, Jesus, I'm nothing. Without you, Jesus, I'm lost. No part of my life has a hope for a future without you. I'm afraid of what my life would look like without Jesus. Jesus forgave me. He continues to forgive me. And because I realized that he decided to forgive me when I could offer him nothing, he gives me the strength to forgive other people in my life. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
even in tough circumstances, circumstances that we can't even imagine, God can give us the strength to forgive. It may not be one moment, it may be day after day, when you wake up and that anger hits your head, when you wake up and that pain sweeps over you like a flood that you decide again, I surrender it, I surrender it, I surrender it, going daily to God. But we know that God gives us the power to forgive in unimaginable circumstances. Even Stephen, when he was being stoned, he cries out, God, don't hold it against them. That God in him was bigger even than the people that were taking his life at the moment. That's not your strength, that's God's strength. And when our soul is devoted to God, he gives us the strength to do things that we could never, ever imagine. Forgiveness is complete surrender to God. You know, we could take the time today to talk about soul ties. We take the time to talk about codependency. These are some of the things that we hit hard on in the classes that we teach in VU Care. But friends, what it all comes down to is that there is freedom and there is a new life when we embrace the forgiveness of God that He paid for and then when we give it freely to those around us. I was raised in a family that followed Jesus. My parents are pastors and my parents taught me at a young age to say, forgive me to God and to others. I remember one time, it's gonna be funny, the, the keys are playing, but I'm still gonna tell it. Like one time my brother took his uh, golf, golf, um, what's it called, a golf, thank you, Nick, golf club. He took his golf club and he put a divot in my mom's floor. All the way across our playroom floor, there were divots from the golf club. And my mom was so frustrated <laughs> beyond. And of course he got in trouble, but then my mom wrote a song for him. And the words are so intense. We still give her a hard time to this day. We're like, mom, you had a five-year-old singing, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord. Oh dear God, I've been so wrong. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord. I've sinned against you and you alone. And then it says, oh dear God, please take away this selfish, sinful heart. Lord, please let this moment be a brand new start. You delight in mercy, so hear my cry once more. I'm so ashamed, forgive me, Lord. <laughs> we give her the hardest time. But honestly, I've sung that song so many times with a broken heart to God. Because in brokenness and humility, God is able to heal and realign things that nothing else could. And when we come to God and we are willing to ask him for forgiveness, but we are also humble enough to ask our friends, our coworkers, our peers, our spouse for forgiveness. Oh, that if you feel resistance right now, that's because that's the last thing the enemy wants you to do. He does not want you to forgive. He does not want you to apologize because something about forgiveness tears down the walls and brings a new season of life like nothing else can. I think it's because we reflect the love of the Father when we decide to forgive, when we decide to ask humbly for forgiveness. 
And God won't even hear our prayers until we forgive. So maybe that song isn't that intense after all. That God, can't, we can't stand in alignment with him until we actually make things right here. All over this room and for those that are watching online at our locations, would you just shut yourself away with God? Because I wanna give you a moment. If you watch online, you're sitting on your couch, just, just close your eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now. That still, small whisper. He's the faithful comforter, counselor. He's the teacher. He reminds us of all the things that Jesus said to us as he walked on this earth. Today has simply been about taking inventory of our lives. And while it would be easy for all of us to point to people in our lives that have hurt us, that have wounded us, that's not what this conversation is about today. This conversation is about your soul being in alignment with Jesus. Maybe today you've experienced some pain. Maybe there's some disintegration. I just believe God's brought us here to be realigned by the power of his spirit. You know, just one prayer, one moment of surrender. God is able to redeem time. He's able to do things that we could never dream. You don't have to figure out how he's gonna bring healing or restoration. It's our decision and our job to simply surrender to him. So all over this room and at all the locations and online, if, if you say, Don Shree, today the Holy Spirit is, he's put his finger on an area of my life where I need to be realigned, where his spirit wants to align me. Maybe it's real faith. Maybe it's praying real prayers. Maybe it's choosing real forgiveness. We're not gonna talk about this stuff. We're gonna practice it. Because practicing it is when we become real disciples. If that's you, I'd love for right where you are for you to simply raise your hand because I wanna pray for you. If you say, Don Cherie, the Holy Spirit's put his finger on an area of my life that he wants to realign. You can put your hand up. I see your hands all over this room. Praise God. Keep your hands up for just a moment. Praise God. If you're watching online, God sees your heart. You can put your hands down. Secondly, I believe that there are people in this room that you'd say, Don Shree, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're in additional seating or you're watching online. You'd say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but today I choose Jesus. With no hesitation, I just want you to lift your hand up because we wanna pray with you. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus to be my Lord and to be my Savior. There is no alignment without Jesus. I see your hands. I choose Jesus. You can put your hands down. Can we all stand to our feet here in an additional seating? The other locations, just stand to our feet all over this room. And if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands up with me. We're gonna pray. First of all, I wanna pray for the people that uh, you said the Holy Spirit put his finger on an area of my life that he wants to realign. Surrender that to him today. Give it to him. God, as we stand in your presence, you brought us here to change us. And God, I thank you that your word is powerful. 
that it speaks to us, it convicts us that through the power of your spirit, you transform us. God, we don't wanna be stuck in any pattern of the world, but we wanna be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God, the patterns of this world of bitterness, of jealousy, of comparison, being jaded, gossip, broken relationships, creating sides. God, we don't wanna be a part of that. We're a part of your kingdom. And Lord, I thank you that with our hands raised, we surrender our relationships to you. May we be men and women who pray real prayers, who employ real faith, and who choose daily real forgiveness. And God, I know with our hands raised that you're doing a work in our spirits, but I also know, God, that as you call us to realign our hearts with yours, God, that as we realign our hearts with yours, that's when our city and beyond will see the real Jesus. The Jesus that forgives, that sets free, that heals, that restores, that calls daily and invites us into your story. God, I pray this conversation wouldn't end just in this moment, but we would walk it out, be a part of crew. We would step into the healing process that you've called us to. We would choose to surround ourselves with friends that speak life and support us. And for everyone who's surrendering their life to Jesus, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus. dear Jesus, today I, choose today I choose to throw my life into your hands. Into your hands. I'm celebrating your rescue. I believe you died for me, that you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we wanna partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you.